Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sport Limerick Soccer Podcast, where we're joined by Noel and Jason O'Connor once again. Uh, good evening, lads. Jason, just to start with yourself, on the defeat to Bray for Treaty United last week, 1-0 defeat in the last minute, uh, injury time penalty conceded by, by Charlie Fleming. Uh, Tommy Barrett mentioned and his coaching team mentioned that they wanted a response performance-wise at the very least from the previous week against Cabin Teeley when, when they lost 4-1. Do you believe that they got that uh, response in terms of the performance, if not in the result? They did, yeah. A lot more solid defensively. Um, we kind of flagged that things would improve with Anto O'Donnell in there. And it certainly did, in my opinion. Um, I thought Edward McCarthy was excellent in the middle of the field. I've been kind of champing for for him to get a go in there, as you know. Um, I thought he was really, really good. Some of his play, he moved the ball very quickly uh, when he got it. He wasn't delaying on the ball. He screened very well in front of, of the defence, coming across and, and cutting some balls out. Uh, so that was a positive as well. I thought McSweeney did well. Um, and they were very unfortunate not to come away with a point, really. Moment of madness from, from Charlie Fleming. You know, it's, it's Richie O'Farrell, isn't it? And his back is to the goal and, and Charlie needs to keep it that way. You know, and look, it's a rush of blood. That's what it is. But um, over the three games, I suppose, against Bray, you've won one, you've lost one, you've drawn one. So Treaty can't really complain too much, Adrian. Um, certainly a big improvement on, on the Cabin Teeley performance. Again, Red Handling, a very, very big miss, in, in my opinion. Um, easy enough evening for, for Jones and Quinn at the back for, for Bray. But look, they had a lot of possession. They didn't create much clear cut. So yeah, Tommy definitely got a response from, from the team he had out. Noel, would you agree with that, that you feel like the, the management team got a response in, in that performance in Bray? Oh, they did, um, absolutely, and they did play well. I thought the first 10 minutes they actually were on the front foot, and as the game went on, uh, they did um, retreat into their own half. But uh, Jason is spot on. I think Bray's first shot on target was was the penalty. I thought Bray played better in terms of they had more width in it, particularly on the left-hand side, um, but didn't really create a whole lot. Now, in fairness, Treaty didn't either, but it certainly would have been a great point, and I suppose... It was the first time that Treaty were, you know, at the end of a result, they've certainly scored a few late goals themselves, but it's the first time that they've conceded a late, late goal. And I suppose over the course of the season, it is it is going to happen you. And I suppose the disappointing thing now is it's it's two defeats on on the bounce. And uh, there is going to be a little bit of concern around the place, I think. Um, not so much the fact that they've lost the two, but the fact that, you know, you have a resurgent Cork with two with two very good wins um, in the last few weeks, scoring six goals as well, and uh, with still eight games to go, um, Treaty certainly need to you know just get a couple of wins and keep the the gap wide enough um, that they don't start to get a bit nervous uh, if you like, because at the moment they they should be okay, but the next couple of games are certainly going to be very important for them. Yeah, certainly. And Jason Noel mentioned obviously that's the it's the first time this season that Treaty have lost back to back games in the league, it provides a different challenge, obviously, for the players in terms of mindset and mentality going into games. Uh, obviously, as well, it shows how, quite how, how well they've done this season that it's taken to this point to, to have back-to-back defeats as well, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And look, you can look at it two ways, Adrian. You know, this week, Bray are playing Shelburne. You'd expect Shelburne to beat them. I know we'll get to that in a bit. 
and and you'd expect Treaty to beat Wexford. So if if them two results go as predicted, the last week's result is gone and, and two more games have passed. Do you know, I agree with Noel. Cork are certainly resurgent and, and Doolin going in at, at that loan is definitely going to give them a lift. Um, they'll be most improved, I think, under him. Um, but look, two massive games coming up for Treaty, Wexford and Cove. And I think if they were to return six points out of them two games, I think the gap then is, is probably just too much for, for the likes of Cork and that loan. And they'll probably run out of games. But if you fail to get six points in these two games, nerves will creep in and it's a very young squad and they're not built really for pressure, let's be honest. No one expected them to be in this position. So it was kind of carefree all along. As Tommy said, taking it a game at a time, but now we're into real crunch time of the season and, and they need to deliver, Adrian. They need to get two wins now, Wexford and Cove. Yeah, Noel, I know you mentioned obviously Cork's resurgence and actually talking to maybe a couple of committee members after the game uh, with Three United, there was certainly concern about Cork's uh, resurgence and wins in, in recently and, and performance. There's still, though, Noel, you know, there's eight games to go. It's 11 points a lead. I mean, that's that's effectively a five-game swing. Do you re- I know anything can happen in football, but do you really think that's a possibility that Cork can catch Treaty? Well, possibly not treaty, but certainly um, I think compared to the first two series of games, you know, it looks to me like that Cork are certainly going to finish very strong. I'm sure that they were ruling out Galway's chance of making the playoffs last last year at this stage. And we all know what happened when uh, Don Caulfield came, came in. Um, I think there's a chance, you know, there's always a chance in football. Uh, momentum is... Really, really important. And I was only thinking about it last Friday night. You could have the last game of the season with, with Galloway looking to win the league and um, Cork looking to secure a playoff place because I think the last game is uh, Cork and Galloway in Turner's Cross. You know, with John Coffey going down there, and it's just amazing how, how these fixtures can can throw up. And because of that, and I think, you know, if, if, if they are within earshot of a playoff place with two games to go. You know, I mean, they can still be six points behind with two games to go. And if they win their last two games and results go their way, well, then they could sneak in. So I certainly wouldn't rule it out at the moment. It's obviously something that we'll be reviewing in in in, in the next two to three weeks. Yeah, certainly. And Jason, just to move on to, to Friday's game, you obviously alluded to it already that they have uh, Wexford at home. They've beaten Wexford twice, treaty already this season. This week in training, you'd imagine Tommy will be, you know, trying to bring perspective to the squad and, and calm the squad down, you know, uh, because Wexford, they've came off a win against Cabin Tealy. Now, as you mentioned, there's probably a bit more pressure because if you look at the fixtures, Cove and Wexford being down towards the, the bottom end, particularly Wexford, uh, this is a game they'll really be targeting to win just to ease that pressure, if we'll call it that, slightly so that in itself changes uh, everything, isn't it? Because players' mindsets is vital going into games like these. Well, they are, Adrian, most definitely, you know, and it's, look, it's to stop the, the, the run of defeats. That's what it is, really. I don't think they'll be too worried about the table just yet. And a lot will depend on Kieran Hanlon's fitness, whether he's back in the starting eleven. because the treaty did look a bit toothless, you know. It'd be unfair to, to aim criticism at, at Conor Melody, um, it's his first start of the season. He's obviously not up to match fitness. And he's a different type of player, obviously, to, to Kieran Hanlon. Um, and as I said, it was an easy enough evening for, 
the the Bray centre back. So scoring goals could be could be the issue. But look, we know how strong Treaty are at set pieces. It could be back to the the early season form of Treaty based on that solid at the back, not giving anything away, not playing in the wrong areas. And we saw that last week from Anto, you know, he was straight in. He was putting the ball forward at, a, at nearly every opportunity. Some excellent balls in behind, some other balls that were that were cut out, and then Treaty were able to pick up the second ball. So they won't be too too worried, I don't think. But look, Wexford under Ian Ryan is definitely an improvement. I don't think anyone can argue with that performance-wise anyway. And a big result for them last week against Kevin Teeley. There's goals in the Madre, and that's the thing that would concern me. You know, Jack Moylan, four goals and seven starts. Kyle Robinson, seven goals this season. And we also know about Jack Doherty as well, as you know. So there is goals in that Wexford team, so that would concern me. But I think if if Kieran Hanlon is fit or even McEvitt is available, then then I think Treaty will have enough to get over the line. Yeah, obviously when you've lost a couple of games, no, almost any team feels like they can threaten you, you know, when... And as Jason mentioned, there were the three players I was thinking about actually in, in Jack Moylan, who's burst onto the scene for Wexford. You've Kyle Robinson, who's already scored against Treaty this season. Then you've Jack Doherty, who we know about from with Limerick FC and, and play with Longford Town and Wexford too. Those three lads are big threats, uh, firstly, uh, for Treaty that, that need to be nullified. But secondly, we saw it in Ferry Carry Park. Uh, Anton Donald also has two goals against Wexford this season from set pieces. They could have had four goals against Wexford uh, in set pieces. Um, I'm sure that's certainly an area that uh, Treaty will be targeting as well on Friday night. I'd say so, yeah. And in saying that, I suppose, like, while they haven't been winning a lot of games, you know, they've beaten uh, Cabin Treaty twice, if you like, in the last four or five weeks. They've beaten in, in the Cup as well. Um they're not conceding the amount of goals, say, that they were in the early part of the season. Like, you know, we did speak about an arrow defeat to Shelburne as well. But certainly it is um, a massive plus for Treaty with Mark Ludden taking the corners and the likes of, of Anto O'Donnell and Jack Lynch getting in the box. And uh, you would think now that it's up maybe that Ian Ryan, you know, will be working on this week. And uh, I think the mindset, as Jason said, is important as well because, like... Wexford don't really have any fear, you know, think out and have a real go. And I think they will. You know, if they lose to Treaty, you know, there's no one gonna really gonna say, Oh, that's a shock. Whereas if 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 they if they can get something here, they're probably already looking at next season and trying to, you know, just build a bit of momentum for themselves going into the last series of games. And I think they're gonna be a real handful for Treaty on Friday night. Yeah, it's just going to ask you Jason about maybe Ed McCarthy and Matt Keane uh, before I thought about it Ed McCarthy was actually on the sideline watching my own match uh, on Saturday in Moy Ross where we were beating heavily 4-0 so he'll probably be wondering why I'm hosting a show critiquing maybe or discussing their performances week in week out after that uh, but on, a, on the note you did mention Jason that maybe obviously you mentioned Treaty had to go back to, to basics and um, and maybe go back to the players who had got them, you know, that far. Uh, and McKean and Ed McCarthy were two of those ahead of the Wexford game. Do you think those lads did enough? I know you probably believe that with Ed, but do you think both Ed and McKean did enough to, to keep their places now in the side? Yeah, I do. Um, look, Charlie Fleming obviously gave away the penalty. He was poor as well the week before against Cabin Teeley. So will Tommy be tempted to take him out of the side and, and maybe put Ed back in or right back? Put Mackeen ahead of him. 
I think I already said obviously Edward was excellent in, in the middle of the field and, and I think long term he'll grow into that in the League of Ireland career I think he's very capable of that I flagged that early in the season Adrian you know and I was delighted for him um, against Bray that, that he saw so much of the ball and, and he did really really well and there's games you'll be able to play Edward in that position and there's games you'll need Callum McNamara in that position depending on who the opposition is obviously Bray were all football and the ball was on the deck and things like that and that suited Edward you know if you're in there against big physical boys and and we remember the game in Ferry Carrick Park and it wasn't Edward's best outing he was in the middle of the park that night but it was further up the pitch so I think you need Matt Keane back in the team definitely for his energy um, I'd have him in a wide area I think Edward has to play whether that's in the middle or whether it's on the wing or whether it's at right back so it'll be interesting to see what Tommy does with, with Charlie Fleming. If Callum is fit, he's got to play. We know Jack is going to play. And we know Max Sweeney is going to play. So I suppose, look, it's back to basics, as I said. They need a result, most definitely. And you go to the people who you know you're going to get a six and seven out of ten out of every week, Adrian, rather than gambling on your footballers, if you like, that could give you a four or five out of ten and, and the result could go, go against you. But I can't stress enough, they need a focal point up front. They need Kieran Hanlon back. If he's not available, they need McKevitt up there because they're just not the same without him. Yeah, you'd imagine, Noel, that one of the two players, we haven't got a notification of that yet, but you'd imagine one of Matt McKevitt or Kieran Hanlon will be available uh, to Tommy. And do you share Jason's opinion that that is vital for them on Friday night? I think so, yeah. And I, the word is, well... Both of them trained last night and uh, Callum McNamara trained as well. So hopefully that means that, that they're all available selection. So a very strong squad to pick from. And certainly with, with the right team on the pitch, um, they should be good enough to get the three points. Um, but I, I do agree with Jason. They certainly need a, a focal point. Kieran Hanlon has done really well there. And in his own way, I think you can go with McKevitt as well. He, uh, he does a different job than Kieran Hanlon does, but certainly a, a, an effective job as well. Yeah, Jason, there's been a managerial change in the first division with Atlone Town. Uh, Noel, Noel did mention that he think, thought Atlone would have a, a poor enough season at the very start and, and everyone thought he was going to look foolish for the first four or five games, but he's been in long enough to know that things can change very quickly. And it did for Atlone. I went on a really poor run for, for a long period. Adrian Carberry has been removed from his position or it said mutual, uh, mutual agreement uh, between the, both parties. And within uh, one day, a day and a half, Paul Doolan is back in, in charge of a, a League of Ireland club after quite a long absence. Uh, what do you make of that appointment and the whole situation? Firstly, I think it's a great appointment. I really do. I think it's a, a major coup for Atlone. Obviously, Paul's been out of the League of Ireland for a while, but he did a great job with, with the, the 19s international team, as we know. Um, you never relieve a manager, Adrian, of his role unless you've got something in mind. And, and Mickey O'Connor in, in at Lone, no will be familiar with him, is a very, very experienced operator. And, and look, I flagged it to you yesterday that, that Paul Doolan had been in doing a session this week as well with at Lone. So, look, when you see the kiss of death, um, <laughs> I suppose publications or whatever way you want to put them coming out, yeah. when it back in the manager, then you know he's going to be removed. You know why clubs do it is beyond me. Like it really is because we all knew myself and you were texting. We knew it was on the cards. 
at Lowen haven't had a good season, but they have got a good squad, Adrian. That's one thing I will say. Um, and I know Paul Doolan went straight in and it's defensive work he was working on this week. So that'll tell you what his mindset is going into the Galway game. Um, but he's a great appointment. He really is. Um, Adrian Carberry, obviously, we wish him well. He's a good friend of mine and, and a gentleman of the game. So we hate to see anyone losing their job. Um, but a great appointment for Atlone, in my opinion. Yeah, Jason mentioned it, Noel. It's it's the usual vote of confidence. I, I mean, normally when a manager gets a vote of confidence, he might last three or four more weeks. In this case, it was about a week and a half max uh, when Adrian Carberry got the, the vote of confidence. Uh, do you share Jason's opinion about the appointment, Noel? Because obviously, you know, you would have been familiar with, with Paul Doolan from the couple of clashes, even in the, the FAI Cup back in the day uh, with Limerick FC. Do you, do you think it's a good appointment and Atlone might get a bounce from this? Yeah, and we brought a, a good Wexford team down to Turner's Cross and turned them over in the in the League Cup semi-final. Paul Doolan led Cork City. Yeah, listen, I suppose the big surprise is how the fact that he has been out of the game for so long. You know, he's very highly rated manager. He did brilliantly in UCD and Drogheda. Went down to Cork. It was very difficult down there. And as Jason said, you know, he did a great job with the Irish 19s. You know, and it was surprising to see that he wasn't out of the game because he has playing experience up in the Irish League as well. And you were thinking that he was going to turn up somewhere, but but he hasn't. And he sees this as an opportunity, obviously, for himself as well. Um, just to get back into the league, he'll certainly make him stronger. Defence has always been a, a strong point in him. And look, we only had to watch that loan in the last four or five weeks, conceding six goals and four goals and four goals, and then signing a couple of attacking midfielders to know that they certainly needed to start stop conceding goals and uh, he, you know, he'll probably make a huge impact. It's probably not the ideal game, I think, um, for him on the weekend, the Galway game, because, I, you know, even though he may well improve them, I, just the mood, you know, the mood and the form that Galway are in, they're certainly going to be a difficult task. But I think, obviously, between now and the end of the season, uh, they'll certainly make up for their lack of points in the last um, eight or ten games. Yeah, Jason, just to move from the first division to the Premier Division uh, for a moment, it looked with the form of Longford and Waterford at the start of the season, nearly halfway through even, that both of those places, we'll say the automatic relegation and the playoff relegation were almost set in stone. Then Mark Bertram comes in from QPR, largely unknown bar his playing career, obviously, uh, with, with QPR particularly comes in, he seems to have really uh, excelled with Waterford, you know, the, the fans are, are back believing, they've got the points to back that up. Uh, I was just looking at the table and it was a point to like yourself and Noel. Who do you think, I suppose, very hard to, to choose, but who do you think will be in that playoff place come the end of the season? Because you have Waterford, Finn Harps, you also have uh, Drogheda as well, and and even that, it, it seems inconceivable that Dundalk are still down around there at, at the moment on, on points-wise, so uh, it really is a, a tasty battle down there. It is, Adrian, most definitely, and you'd be afraid to mention, wouldn't you? You'd be afraid to mention Finn Harps. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that's, I suppose, the one that... That nobody wants if you're if you're a treaty supporter anyway, I suppose. A treaty so, for to play Dundalk, Jason, would they? Most definitely, I think, Adrian, definitely. Um, you quite rightly said that uh, Mark Burton has done a great job for Waterford. Um, he's turned their fortunes around. And speaking to Martin Dunphy, he seems like a, a larger-than-life kind of character down there. Do you know, I know he's having his, his run-ins with, with referees and things like that, but he's been very good for the game down there, so we wish him well. 
I think Waterford will be okay. I genuinely do. Dundalk the same, obviously, but even though that there's not in this really Waterford 25 points, Finn Harps 26, Dundalk 27, and then there's a little bit of a gap for Drada and 30. You know, look, I think, as I said, I think Waterford will be okay. I think Dundalk will be okay. And, and I hate saying it, but I think it'll be Finn Harps in, in that position, Adrian. I really do, you know, and, and there'll be a match for. For anybody, really, I know Galway will give him a game if it's Galway that come out of the the playoffs, I suppose. But look, yeah, for me, it's it's looking like Finn Harps. It really is. No, we know. I know you have um, a close enough relationship with Paul Hegarty in Finn Harps and Ali Ali Horgan. Um, Jason obviously has made it clear he thinks it'll be Finn Harps in the playoffs. But the one thing I noticed is, and people say it about the English. Uh, Championship and League One is that when a team gets into a rut, it's very hard to get out of it. And looking at the draw that form is, is quite concerning for Tim Clancy, I'd say at the moment. Uh, do you, if I was to go by it, looking at the form, even though Watford currently occupied the, the second last place in the league, just judging by the form and the, the fact that Mark Burton has a new lease of life into the club, do you, I think it's probably going to be Finn Harps and, and Drahada battling it out towards the very end. But what, what's your own opinion on it? Yeah, and I was listening to the local radio on Monday and you had the Treaty PRO also predicting that uh, Finn Harps would be in the playoff place. And it's not because of my friendship with uh, Paul Hegarty or Ollie Horgan, but I, I don't think they will. Um, I thought the Fairview game was, was a massive game for them. You know, they hadn't won for a month and then, then they got the win. And if anyone noticed, um, they went to Sligo and got a fantastic 1-0 win up there and uh, followed it up with uh, with a win over Longford. Um, last week and I think they'll be good enough to stay out of it and they certainly did it last year as well um, and my prediction is is Drahada to make that place and it was mine at the start of the season as well I was really surprised at their, at their form and how, how high up the table they went but a bit like you know it's the business end of the season now um, obviously Waterford in brilliant form and I think Finn Harps will be good enough to stay out of it and I'd expect Drahada to, to drop into that place by the time the, the final game of the season is played. It'll certainly be interesting and we will be discussing that towards the, the latter end. Uh, a good few games to go yet in, in that division also. Uh, Jason, I'm going to move on just before we move on to our prediction side of the, the night for the first division. Move on maybe to the, the junior soccer just to give it a, a mention in terms of the league format. Just a lot of people may not know but the league format is going to be the same as they were supposed to do last season before the cancellation with COVID. So you'll have a, a round of fixtures where you have 11 fixtures, everyone plays each other once, and then you split in a top six and bottom six, and the bottom six will play each other twice, and the top six will play each other twice. Uh, for And you'll have, obviously, the going for the league winners and relegation will be the big two battles in either uh, subdivision, shall we call it. Uh, do you think, from your experience in junior soccer, that this type of decision needed to be made and, and it, there needs to be a different approach to, to the league in the Premier Division? I do, Adrian. I'm a fan of it. I'll be honest. Uh, the league committee kind of attempted it for a couple of seasons. That was kind of kiboshed because of COVID. Um, so fair play to them, I suppose, for sticking to their guns and and sticking with that format. I think it's in the benefit and in the interest of, of all the clubs, really, Adrian, because there's such a big gap. Do you know, there really is. And any time I managed in that league, I would have advised players that within that league, there's probably three leagues if that makes sense, you've got probably Fairview, Pike, 
possibly Balnanti will know more after this weekend and, and next weekend. I know they've Pike uh, on Thursday, and I think they've got Fairview to follow on Thursday. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they've Fairview coming up really quickly after Pike. Mm-hmm. So that could have a big bearing on, on their season. But I'll, inc- I'll include them in, in kind of the top three that will be going for, for the title. Then obviously you have teams that are going to be under no pressure, the likes of Ashling, the likes of Regional, you know, and, and, and they're going to be kind of your top five. Then there's that one place up for grabs really in the top six. You know, it'll depend who hits form. I know Kuna were in that position last year. Obviously, Prospect will be looking at it as well. I know Mungrid have had a strong start to the season and they signed Pahern from, from Raquel and it'll definitely make a big difference to them. So I suppose you have that little cluster of teams, you know, that, that won't be afraid of relegation and, and they'll know that they're not really title contenders either at the same time. But then you have, I suppose, Kilmallock, you have Gerald Lines, you have Jamesborough, whether Prospect and I know Prospect are playing Jamesborough on Thursday. That's a big game for, for both teams. You know, and you have Kuna and you have Nina. What, what, where are they going to go? And look, they have no business playing... Fairview and Pike and Bella and getting hammerings, Adrian. That's that's what makes it difficult for managers to to get teams out on the pitch, and that's what makes it difficult for managers to to get big numbers at training when the players know that they're going to be on the end of heavy defeats, and there's no point dressing up any other way. Um, so I think it's yeah, I think it's it's a positive move. I think there's more meaningful games for everybody. There really is, you know, and and I suppose look. A lot of people were critical that there is a, a winner of the bottom six as well. And I know that was something we were looking at last year when we were, we were in Jamesborough because the age profile of the squad was very, very young. And that was a realistic goal for, for that group to finish top of, of the bottom six. You know, and Noel spoke there about Wexford looking to next year. And that's what junior teams can do with that bottom six if they top it. You know, they can keep players interested and say, right, we'll be in the top six next year and we'll have a cut off it and we'll build towards towards challenging. So, yeah, look, I think it's a good move by LDMC. I think they're to be applauded for, for giving it a bit of thought because junior football is under pressure um, and it needs something to change, Adrian. So, yeah, definitely behind it. Yeah, certainly I, I am in agreement with at least trying it myself uh, for, for this season, particularly because they haven't had the chance and Noel, just to go on to the, the predictions for the Airtricity League First Division, and I've, I've given you maybe a couple of interesting ones, but it's Kevin Teeley hosting Cork. Uh, like we've, we've just talked about Jekyll and Hyde with Kevin Teeley all season. They went out, they beat 3 4 1, and they went and lost to, to Wexford, similar again. Uh, obviously, then we spoke about Cork City, who we, I suppose we've failed to mention so far. Barry Coffey, who scored two goals for Cork, is, was playing with Nina, was playing with Nina at 15 years old in the Limerick District League Premier Division. He's made a, a massive impact. Do you think Cork's uh, resurgence will continue, um, Freude? I do. I think they have the bit between their teeth now, like a couple of big wins. And, you know, albeit a weak and cove team, I think they'll get a great boost out of uh, hitting four at home and the crowd behind them. They're going to Cabin Teeley. They've lost twice already to them. I think they're in a total different frame of mind now and they they really will be gunning for for those three points. I'd be very surprised if 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 if, if, if they don't come out with them. Yeah, and Jason, uh, you've been given the, the responsibility of the, the big clash, we'll say, in terms of Brabian and Form uh, coming back up of the league table. They're travelling to Talca Park 
as we mentioned earlier, uh, Shelburne, you know, will be, be looking to bounce back as well. How do you see that game going? I think Shelburne will bounce back. I'd love, personally, because my prediction of, of Galway winning the league, I'd love to think Bray could, <laughs> could turn them over. But, but looking at him last week, Adrian, look, as we said and as we saw, an awful lot of possession, but didn't really do a whole pile in, in the final third. And, and I thought Treacy stifled them really, really well up until that 89th minute. Uh, Shelburne are, are another level again and, and they have a cutting edge up front, um, which is something that, that Bray didn't have to face last week. So, yeah, I think there'll be a response from Shelburne. I think they'll take the three points there. And Coverunders versus UCD, Coleman's Park, Saturday night, Noel. Uh, what's your prediction for that one? Yeah, I think um, probably go for UCD. You know, they kind of a facile win, but they still got uh, got six goals. I'm not sure about the the suspension situation with Cove. I've seen probably a fair bit of Cove because we can watch them on a Saturday night um, because they don't play on the Friday night, if you like, like the rest of the teams. But I just think that they lack a bit of a cutting edge and they're playing a nice bit of football. They're playing a nice brand of football and that. But I just think that there's probably a bit, there's probably more goals in the UCD team and they'll be buoyed up with their win last week and I, I expect them to to come out of Cove with the three points. Yeah, and the most interesting tie probably in terms of because of the managerial appointment of Paul Doolin and the fact that Galway are in great form. Uh, Jason is at Lowen versus Galway, not to mention uh, being a, a derby a clash as well between the two sides. At Lowen, uh roasted Galway earlier in the season uh, at the Atlone Town Stadium. Uh, how do you see this one going? It's an interesting tie. It's a very interesting one, Adrian. As you said, look, without the managerial change, you're saying it's probably a Galway victory, you know. But look, I think Paul Doolan will will change things up. He'll make that loan a little bit more hard to beat. Whether he can do that straight away in a couple of sessions that, that he's done this week is debatable, you know. But it is a derby game. We have crowds back, so you'd expect an atmosphere there. Look, I think if Galway aren't on form, then they could be held to a draw. But look, I'd like to think that, that Galway will have enough. Um, but there won't be a whole pile in it. I'm leaning kind of towards a draw. But yeah, there's not going to be a whole pile in that, Adrian. And would I be right in saying, Noel, that you think that 3D can overcome Wexford on Friday? Yeah, I think they can. I think, look, with the news of McEvitt and Kieran Hanlon and Callum McNamara, look, you never really have a full a full deck to pick from, but I think, you know, treat a very strong squad to pick from. I think if they're nice and positive this week, um, they obviously have to be careful because there certainly is a goal threat in Wexford, but in saying there's a goal threat in Wexford, there certainly is defensive weaknesses as well. And Treaty have shown that they're capable of exploiting those in the previous two games and they should be good enough to exploit them again on, on Friday night. Are you in agreement with that, Jason? I am, most definitely. You know, it's it's time to put a stop to the defeats. I think we have the players to, to stop that run. Um, Wexford will certainly be competitive for as long as, as Treaty allowed him to be. Um, but if Kieran Hanlon is back in the side, if, if Callum is back in the side, then... I certainly think Treaty have enough to, to get the win, and I think they will. And I know we are a soccer show, and that's predominantly all we've talked about is, is local and, we'll say, League of Ireland football. But it would be remiss of me not to mention the big clash in Hurland uh, with Limerick playing uh, Cork in the All-Ireland final. And I know, Noel O'Connor, you normally open from 12 to 4 in the Butchers and William Street, but surely you'll allow yourself the chance to watch that at, uh, from half three in a throw-in on Sunday. 
Yeah, we've decided that we'll start a half an hour early and finish an hour early, so half 11 to 3 on on, on Sunday. Um, actually, it's a game I'm looking forward to myself. I, I did grow up watching a lot of hurling, went to a lot of hurling matches with my father, and we were always seemed to be at the wrong end of, of Cork defeats. Um, as I always say about Cork teams, they only have to be half as good as you to beat uh to beat you, but I think it'll be a cracking game. But I still think that you know this Limerick team is kind of a freak for me. I think they're just incredible. Um, we'll hardly see the likes of them again. We certainly haven't seen the likes of them before. And I think the pain of the defeat to Kilkenny in the semi-final a couple of years ago is still burning inside them. And I don't think that's going to be sated until they certainly win at least one more All Ireland, if if not more than one. And I think just that uh, the sheer power of them will probably get them over the line on, on, on Sunday. Yeah, and we certainly echo that and hope that is the case. Jason, will you be positioning on the coach for the game uh, come half three? I think you know the answer to that, Adrian. Um, <laughs> boxing would be my second sport, Adrian, so I'm not much of a hurling fan. I think I'll take the dog for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end it. 